friends, Jai Guru, and welcome to another episode of the Chela de Chela podcast, featuring interviews and conversations with disciples of our sweet Gurudev, Paramahansa Yoganandaji. The Chela de Chela podcast is brought to you by Soul Calls Infinity, a non-profit, devotee-run organization dedicated to inspiring an ever-deeper, sweeter, devotional communion with the divine and to that end each podcast also features one of the soul calls music meditations i'm your host brenda roberts and in season two along with uniquely inspiring stories of how i found master we will be hearing a number of different approaches to applying the teachings in daily life and we'll see how Guruji guides each according to their temperament, lessons to be learned, and services to be shared. And speaking of services to be shared, devotees in all walks of life are doing a lot of good in the world. And as we get to know a little bit more about some of them through the Chela to Chela podcast, it gives us an opportunity to support them with our prayers, our goodwill, and perhaps even with our resources and business connections. Joining together to help make the world a better place by our prayers for all of creation, by support for our fellow disciples, and through our individual Kriya Yoga practice. At the end of the podcast, I'll tell you how you can get to the free private access pages to connect further with our guests. Before we enter this next episode, let us listen to this quote of Guruji. Master said in the autobiography, Hundreds of thousands, not dozens merely, of Kriya Yogis are needed to bring into manifestation the world of peace and plenty that awaits men when they have made the proper effort to re-establish their status as sons of the Divine Father. So, dear ones, let us walk a little closer together now, ever affirming it's a wonderful life with Guruji in it. And today we have with us Oya, 
Oya, where are you? Where are you from? Hi, hello, Brenda. Um, it's so lovely to, to be here with you. And uh, well, I'm now in Berlin. I live in Berlin. And, um, but actually I'm of Turkish origin. You were bo born in Turkey? Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and when did you come to Germany? Actually, when I was a little baby, about two years old, <laughs> my parents, um, God bless them, they brought me to Austria and there I grew up. Well, it sounds like you're happy there. <laughs> oh, yes, I am. I'm, I mean, now I live in Germany, in Berlin. It's my favorite city and I'm very happy to be here. Very good. Well, um, how about... Let's talk just a little bit about your um, family situation. Are you married? Do you have children? Were you raised in SRF? Is your spouse in SRF? Mm. <laughs> All those well, kinds um, of profile details. None of them, you know. <laughs> I was married, but uh, I'm divorced. Mm -hmm. And um, I, uh, you know, I was, in a, I was brought up in a Muslim family. Oh, so uh, it's actually a kind of miracle that I found the path with Guruji mm -hmm. and uh, my parents are very devout Muslims and I really appreciate them for being so um, good um, religious people and I have received a really wonderful education from them and it was yeah about mm, eight years ago that um, I would rather say not that I have found Guruji but that he found me Yes. So it would be probably the truth. Yes. <laughs> and how did that happen? Um, it happened um, during a phase in my life where everything was turned upside down. I was just um, divorced and then I had like to build up a new life and I was struggling with that. And then I became sick. I had a really severe um, heavy metal um, poisoning and I was like really completely depressed and everything in my life was like stuck and at that time a friend of mine uh, in Istanbul in Turkey she told me well you have to do something <laughs> and I said like I don't know what to do <laughs> and she said well there's a wonderful healing modality that helps to overcome blockages you should come to the seminar and then you learn to help yourself and I said, well, I don't know, but okay, I just try. And then I went to that seminar and uh, I literally didn't understand anything because it was everything so completely new for me. Uh, I, I, I didn't even know about alternative healing uh, modalities by that time. And um, in that training, there was um, in the manuals, there was um, uh, a bibliography of books that we should read. And one of that books was the autobiography of a yogi. Really? Wow. Yes, and it was like recommended that we should read it. And, and I said to myself, hmm, I don't know, why should I read that book? <laughs> because I, I didn't felt any attraction to it, you know? It was like, hmm, a yogi, what is a yogi? It was very exotic for me by that time. My, uh, my mindset was completely different by that time. And, um, and uh, yes, and uh, I thought to myself, I don't know of what, um, how I should benefit from reading that book. I'm, I'm, I'm in a training for healing trauma. 
I don't mind about the yogis. <laughs> and so I just ignored it. And after, um, when I attended a higher seminar, <clears throat> the teacher had brought that book to the wow. seminar. Mm -hmm. So it was really there. Mm -hmm. And even then, I was not attracted to it. <laughs> I thought, and I said, hard catch for Guruji, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, really. <laughs> because uh, I, was, I was like, is this a man or a woman? I don't know. And well, but um, you know, I'm sure that he arranged it um, very patiently to catch me at some point because I was completely closed for all these things uh, because of my upbringing. And, um, and, but there was one point where I was open and Guruji found that little tiny spot in my mind. And that is, uh, I'm um, from my profession at that time, I was an author, I had studied philosophy. And I had a good feeling for language, and I loved to read books. So, um, and I was a kind of diligent and um, good student. I always wanted to be one of the best. And then I said to myself, okay, there is that book. One day I have to read it, why not now? <laughs> because in that hotel where I was staying, uh, the other participants were somewhere else. I was alone in my room, there was no television. So I said to myself, okay, this evening, I will have a look into that book. You were captive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I was really like, uh, like you know, reading uh, um, books for uh, a training. It was not like a leisure time or something like that. And then the miracle happened because I just started to read the first pages. And I was completely overwhelmed. I was literally zoomed in. And, you know, I have that language, um, I have that um, sense for language, especially German language. And, uh, and I, I, I said to myself, Oh, my God, this is every single word is true. I can sense it. This is not a novel. This is not fiction every single word is true and this man knows God. I was completely overwhelmed and I start crying and weeping and couldn't stop reading and had to continue and, and all that um, really strong desire and longing for God came up inside of me and I was weeping the whole night and couldn't stop reading. <laughs> and the next day I went to my teacher and said, look, I can't give that book back to you. I have to continue reading. Uh, so I give you the money and uh, please allow me to keep that book. I, I, I just have to continue. I was, um, I was really in a kind of, I, I don't know, it was like an intoxic intoxication, you say in English? Yes. I was completely overwhelmed and amazed. And that was the turning point in my life. That's a wonderful story. Gives me gooseies how awesome <laughs> he works. Oh, my, my, my. Okay, well, if you don't mind, I would like to go back just a bit, um, Oya. And I'm, I'm fascinated that you were brought up in a Muslim family and, mm -hmm. um, and, and you're obviously, or it seems like, 
your parents are are still um, talking with you and 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 loving you and and haven't uh, disowned you or anything like that. that. That's sort of a miracle too, isn't it? Well, is it? actually, I was I, I'm quite smart. You know, I actually don't tell my parents uh, that I'm um, a devotee of uh, Yogananda. Acha. They couldn't. They would not. Um, they couldn't follow and understand because you know, in Muslim tradition, you would never um, um, have that kind of veneration in front of a picture, and you don't have uh, that sort of guru. So uh, um, that would be a bit too embarrassing for my parents. But I told them that I meditate, and actually, they even don't know what meditation is. But they say. Oh, when you meditate, you you just sit and do nothing, isn't it? <laughs> and you're in that silence uh, during meditation. And I say yes. And over the years, they just um, I I could convince them that meditation is wonderful because they see the results. Yes. We have a very lovely relationship that is full of respect and um, kindness. And my parents, I mean, I had also hard times with them because I had to fight for my freedom. But uh, nowadays they just see that I have that peace, that I'm very calm, that I can always um, um, help people to be happy again. And I would never say anything uh, harmful. So they just observe so many good um, developments inside of me that they always even say, well, it's wonderful that you meditate. <laughs> so they don't actually know about my uh, spiritual world. They would always say, well, you should pray more to God. And I say, well, I do that. Yeah, but not the way we do. Yes, but I do it in a different way. I meditate. And then they say nothing. They accept it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's wonderful. I, I think there's an there's a important principle and point here. Um, that is uh, embedded in, in your process Oya, with your family. And that is um, many, many devotees that I have known um, have a problem with their parents because they usually have uh, broken away from some other religious tradition. And, mm -hmm. and have um, many of them have had difficulty in doing what you have done which is to um, respect where your parents are and not, mm -hmm. not um, try to, to lay a trip on them that you found the best thing and, and no, how much happier they would be if they only knew what you know, you know? And yeah. it, it's, it's, I think it's typical when most devotees come on the path, they, they want to share this with everybody, with their friends and their family, and they, because it's so overwhelmingly, um, as mm -hmm. you say, true and meaningful and wonderful. But the reality is that um, that doesn't work. And what does work is exactly what you have done in that, not necessarily keeping it from them, but mm -hmm. um, that's what worked for you. But this whole process of, of being the, uh, of living the work. And I'm not even going to say being the example because that can end up being a, an ego trip too, you know, mm -hmm. but actually living that, um, as you say, companion, um, the compassion and respect for them and honoring them. Um, I, it's, it's just a great thing. Um, yes. 
You know, and uh, I have uh, actually, uh, when I started to study the teachings of Guruji, um, uh, when I started to read the Bhagavad Gita, and uh, I was, I, I really could sense that development, uh, that intuitive development that allows me to understand the Holy Scriptures much, much better. And actually, since I was meditating, I started to understand Islam and Quran much, much better. Even sometimes, probably even better than the normal Muslims. So sometimes I would um, say something to my parents, like that is, well, one day I was, um, um, my mother was um, preparing food and my father was in his namaz, he was in his praying. And, um, and for one moment, uh, I said to myself, shall I tell him that food is ready? And I just said, Baba, food is ready. And he, of course, kept on praying. And after the prayer was finished, um, I said to him, did you hear that I called you? And he said, yes, of course. And I said, well, but it could have happened as well that you would not hear me because you were such, uh, you could have been in such a deep kind of meditation through your praying then you would not have heard me, heard me. And then he was like smiling, what are you talking about? <laughs> he didn't understand that. But uh, I just gave him a hint that meditation can lead to that state when you really are absorbed so completely in the presence of God that you would not even hear someone calling you. Yes, and, I, and I, I'd like to um, underscore your point also of um, the ability to understand um, other paths and um, religious ways. Um, I think there are many that have come from the Catholic religion also mm -hmm. that have a so much better understanding of Jesus Christ and yeah. his teachings. I mean, uh, we've got, you know, I was in a, in a, um, oh, what do you call it? I was in a, uh, a program where Daima was years and years ago, and she said, you know, everybody thinks that their guru is the best, but mine is. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, there was an uproar, you know. And we yes. all, all I have no doubt. I have no doubt in that, yeah. that uh, my guru or our guru is really one of the best, and I'm so happy uh, about, um, about this because um, it's really not easy to... Um, to find a real guru because that was my problem in the beginning i i was always in doubt about a real teacher because throughout my um uh, years i was very fond of sufism this which is the, ah, mm. the, the, yes part. and but i i would have never found a, a way to um, subordinate myself to a sheikh which is an yes. equivalent to a guru uh -huh. Uh -huh. so I always was like, oh, no, 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 no guru, no guru. <laughs> this is not for me. <laughs> but um, when I discovered Guruji, I still had the feeling like, oh, this is really good that he is not in his body anymore. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it was uh, so much more easy because uh, I had that difficulties. Uh, I have to train my mind to receive him in my mind. This is something completely different. Yes. But uh, finally, I, I, I said to myself, well, that's perfect for me. This is how it works for me. Yes, no doubt. We each get exactly what we need for our highest good. In <laughs> so I want to go to a couple other places with you, Oya. 
Um, to continue on the on on the sadhana path, um, aside from the angst and um, turmoil that you were feeling before you met Guruji, since you've met him, uh, do you experience any? Have you experienced any dry periods? And if so, how do you deal with them? Of course, I experience dry periods. Uh, it, uh, it's it's Actually, it's something very good that we experience them because I know it's always um, a portal to the next higher level. Mm. And um, I had quite challenging times, but every time um, it helped me to really dive deeper and deeper in, in my understanding. And I have a very good formula for that dry period. Oh, great. Actually, um, uh, from a friend he, who inspired me to do that, and he—it's—it's uh, it's like this, you know. You just prepare because you know you might have dry periods, and we are very forgetful. So you prepare two sealed envelopes with a letter inside for emergency cases. Emergency. <laughs> yes, and when you're experiencing such a dry period and you struggle and strive and nothing works out and you come really to that point where you say, I don't know what else I should do. Probably it's time to open up that letter, the first one, and uh, get that advice of, of how I could cope and manage that problem. So you go and open that first letter. And uh, there's only one word in that letter. And it says, meditate. So you go ahead and you meditate. <laughs> and then you find out, well, the problems are still strong and it's getting even worse and getting much more turmoil. So uh, you come to that point of now, okay, now, now I'm having a real emergency case. The first one was not real. That one is real. And it's really uh, the worst thing that could happen to me. I have to open the second envelope. And do you, do you know what's in, well, you, you prepared the envelope, so you know what's in them already. Well, you know, people are forgetful. Yes. <laughs> and when you're in such a period, you don't know anymore what is written in that uh, letter. Okay. So the second letter uh, consists of two words. And the second letter is just meditate more. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, you know, and then you just remind yourself of what is essential and you just do it and it works out. And sometimes it even helps to just laugh about all the problems we have. Because um, <clears throat> that's my experience when I'm really uh, lost in the Maya. I, I always check myself and find out, oh, okay, I haven't meditated properly. Uh, I have um, I cut down my meditation times. So now I'm having this uh, difficult uh, period. So probably I should start again, increasing meditation times and checking my um, uh, my um, um, if I'm doing it properly. So um, that helped me. I think uh, Brother Ishwananda, who uh, heads up the Hidden Valley Ashram, mm -hmm. uh, would call this the witnessing consciousness. Mm. <laughs> So that even, even in those dry periods, there's a part of the consciousness that is watching it go on. Yes. 
and um, and managing from that level, even if it's not managing, but it's it's witnessing you, the soul, are witnessing in some conscious, if I'll be a dim consciousness, but <laughs> nonetheless, there is that um, objectivity that's there, and um, I think that's trainable. You know, I think it's yes. learnable, and yes. um, and so it's a really good tip. Uh, thank you for reminding us that uh, we can we can do that and and it's helpful when we have a struggling period so every time I have that I ask myself how about my trust how about my inner peace how about my joy and when I feel like they are not really um, high then I know I have to increase my soul qualities again in order to be able to feel the presence of God and that is wonderful because it really comes uh, to be deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Yes, and um, this is uh, beginning to be a pattern with other devotees on Shayla the mm -hmm. podcast, is this, um, the struggles, the value of the struggles, the mm -hmm. value of those dry periods and- uh, Really valuable, yes. Yes, and I, I don't know if you have uh, heard, listened to Brother Nanamoji's um, CD on tests and trials. And mm -hmm. in that, he talks about the value of having these um, dry periods or these struggle periods um, or, and or the dark night of the soul. Any, any of those that happens to, uh, descriptions that happens to fit, but they, that those processes are, or that process is necessary and normal and necessary because there are parts of our sadhana and our our spiritual growth that can be learned and appreciated there that cannot be in when everything is going fine exactly. and and yeah. he talks it he he enumerates five of them and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm I, I've got them emblazoned in my in my head because they were so such an aha moment for me to say, oh my goodness, okay, this is valuable. I mean, you always know that you're taken care of, and it's just what's up next, and you have to learn it, you have to go through it. But mm -hmm. to actually put a name to what the value is, and he said those values are: you learn patience, you mm -hmm. learn endurance, you mm -hmm. learn perseverance, you learn surrender, and you learn unconditional love for God. Oh, isn't that wonderful? It's so <laughs> wonderful, yes. And, and, you know, these are the things he said, you cannot learn these in any mm -hmm. other way. That's and, true. Oh, bring it on, you know. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it's, it's just so wonderful. And I have to say, and I, I haven't said this before on the podcast, but um, when you listen to it, he goes on to say, and most devotees don't make it past that point. Oh. So Jai Guru, for all of those who are, are you know, appreciating the struggle because- mm -hmm. uh, Oh, yes. You know, this is a part of my work because I'm helping people to overcome blockages and trauma patterns. And it, of course, it's not really nice to face trauma, but every time, every time when you do that, underneath the trauma pattern, there's always the 
pure beauty of the soul coming up. And so I know it from my own profession and from my work that uh, every um, shadow, every something that is like um, a struggle or a blockage in life, underneath it, there is like um, a treasury to find. Yes, yes. And that's where I was wanting to go with you next. I want you to talk a little bit about, about your work. Mm, okay. Um, my, my profession is um, being a consciousness coach and therapist. And that was actually the training uh, I was in where I found the, the book of Guruji that I should read. Uh -huh. <laughs> so for me, is it, uh, this is really like um, uh, before I started with that training uh, and education, I was just an author and poet. And that was like my first vocation. And then uh, I started with this training, uh, becoming a healing practitioner and had the feeling like, okay, this is probably my second vocation. And through that, I found my guru. So it's very much linked to each other. Mm -hmm. And everything that I learned in, um, in these healing modalities, uh, I brought it into alignment with the teachings of Guruji. So, this is how I work today. I just developed the basic techniques I learned so that I'm not just clearing trauma, trauma patterns, but that I'm really helping people to discover, rediscover their soul qualities, the pure core that is, uh, that is healthy, that Fantastic. is pure. Fantastic. Well, you know, uh, Guruji said um, that hundreds of thousands, not, not just a few, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, uh, Kriya bonds are necessary to bring peace to the world. So, you know, there are so many devotees that are doing such wonderful things in the world. And that was part of the reason for the Chela to Chela podcast. So we get a little visibility within our own family and culture. And I just wanted to also uh, tag along on something that you said about um, underneath the trauma is the beautiful soul qualities. I think it was Brother uh, Ishtananda again that had said in the satsang um, that um, crucifixion never ends in death. It always ends in resurrection. And, oh. <laughs> right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, being a poet, you, will, you and I have a, have a, a synergy there with, with these wonderful thoughts. Okay. Last... I would like to ask you, actually, I want to, to ask you two things, Oya. One is, what advice would you give to devotees who are just starting out on the path um, in this lifetime? Not that they haven't been on the path in other lifetimes, but what would you say? Mm, well, I probably would give the advice of how I did it. Um, when I, when I read the autobiography and I was completely overwhelmed and so full of enthusiasm that I felt like, wow, and it's possible to sign in for lessons. That's so cool. <laughs> and I immediately wanted to do that. But then I stopped myself. And uh, it was like a, a voice inside of me said, hey, Oya, wait a little moment. Um, you have already started a lot of things in your life, like you were fond of Sufi path, and for a while I was meditating Vipassana, Buddhist meditation. So, and now you're so fond of that uh, teachings. 
uh, well, okay, you should be really sure about it. If you really, really, really want to learn that and go on that spiritual path, and if you say yes, uh, then it uh, should be that it's really the only and the last path that you try out. Uh, and then I gave myself a kind of wait two months, wait two months and let's see if after two months you would be still so enthusiastic about signing in for the lessons. And if you feel like you still are enthusiastic, then you have to give yourself a vow. <laughs> a vow that you would really follow the teachings and that you would obey everything that you learn from your guru. And only then, only then sign in for the lessons and uh, follow the path. Well, and uh, I did that. And after two months, I was still very enthusiastic. I couldn't wait to sign in for the lessons. And I did. And I was very happy that I gave that vow to myself because um, I had my first challenges with the energization exercises. I couldn't uh, perform them. I was like, oh my goodness, this is so difficult. <laughs> and I just neglected them. I didn't want to learn it. Uh, I said, well, it's not that important. You know, the mind is very tricky. And after some time, uh, that consciousness inside of me said, hey, oh yeah, you had that vow that you would follow and obey all the teachings. What about the energization exercises? And I said, oh my goodness, yes. <laughs> okay, okay, now yeah, that's true. I have to do it. And that's how I could overcome my first uh, challenge. So then your, your advice to someone that is on the path, uh, we'll say young on the path, following the lessons, maybe even a Kriya bond, but, but not for so many years, that there is a, um, the determination and the commitment. Yes. Commitment, there you go. Commitment. commitment. Uh -huh. Absolute commitment and the kind of loyalty that I decided freely to choose that path and I will follow it to the end because I have uh, already that much experience that I know that the mind is always very tricky and it would come and suggest, well, it's not the right path or no, you know, probably you were mistaken. It's not the right guru. And all these uh, doubts come along the way. They are part of uh, our struggle and we have to overcome them. So when you are in the beginning, very firm and say, I will follow no matter what comes up then you have a very good um, chance that you will reach the goal. Okay, so for those devotees out there that need a little pumping up and some willpower, I think Oya <laughs> has given us a pep talk on, on <laughs> determination and commitment and loyalty, and that's, that's great. Um, it doesn't matter which path one chooses, because you will, no matter which path you take, if it's Buddhist, Muslim, Christian, or whatever, you always will have that moment of doubt and struggle. Yes, so yes. I, I, yes, I think that, that is part of uh, <laughs> the spiritual life for sure. Okay, last question. Yes. Actually, it's not the last question because I, from your <laughs> background, I have to ask you one preliminary question. Okay. Do you have a favorite quote of Rumi? Oh, yes, I have. That one is, uh, give me a moment, I have to translate it. You are not a drop in the ocean. You are the entire ocean in a drop. Whoa, okay. Isn't that beautiful? Yes, yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes, from one poet's heart to another. <laughs> and then, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. here. so now the final question. Mm -hmm. When you get to the other side of this incarnation and you're looking back on this incarnation, what is it that you would like to say, be able to say about this incarnation? It was a wonderful pattern, like a rose unfolding. Okay. Jai Guru. Jai Guru. I just want to be at thy holy feet, holy, 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 holy. Well, dear friends, it's wonderful to hear these stories, isn't it? So, dear ones, please do share the podcast link with at least one other devotee and join us for the next episode where we will be meeting another uniquely devoted disciple of our beloved master, Paramahansa Yoganandaji. And if you would like entry to the private access pages where guest contact and other information is posted, just email to subscribe to the mailing list. The email address is subscribe at soulcallsinfinity.org. In closing, let us again listen to this quote of Master. Hundreds of thousands, not dozens merely, of Kriya Yogis are needed to bring into manifestation the world of peace and plenty that awaits men when they have made the proper effort to reestablish their status as sons of the Divine Father. Until next time, let us join together in affirming it's a wonderful life with Guruji in it. Jai Guru Jai. <laughs>